Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace. And I'm Dr. Susan Fancher. And today we're talking about... Practice routines. Ooh. And how not to hurt yourself. That's going to be important. Yeah. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right, Dr. Sue. Okay, Dr. Wally. <laughs> how is, first of all, I want to, I'm going to do a follow-up. How is that new Summer Supreme treating you? It's got such a great sound. It's really fun to play. It's really beautiful. But guess what? What? I took it to more music to get it worked on. So currently I'm back playing on a series two that I'm borrowing. <laughs> okay, so you sold your series two. I sold my series two in like a week. Well, I, know, I don't doubt it. I mean, I played that instrument. Oh, it's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So someone's got a lovely instrument yeah. in their hands. I don't know if I should say who it is, but I'm very happy that it went into the hands of a young woman who's in a family of saxophonists or musicians. Yeah, so that's really cool. Oh my God, you sold it to Karina Rasher? I'm just <laughs> But she 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 did fit yeah. the description. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. that. That's where my brain went. That's so awesome. interesting yeah, enough. I sold it faster yeah. than I thought I would. I really did, and I was really really happy. Except for I was a little bit sad to see it go. And a lot of my friends said, "Sue, don't sell it. Don't sell it. Just keep it." And I thought, well, I don't really want it sitting around not getting played. And right. also, you know, I could use the money to help. You know replenish the fund that I used to buy the new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny way to say it. Like, yeah, like lessen the credit card fee that has that exactly. Summer Supreme one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So you're, I, so oh, but our, I'm really happy about the decision I made. I'm really happy that my old saxophone went to a good home. That is a really nice feeling. Yeah. I sold my first uh, pro Yamaha to a, a gentleman that was retiring for the army band. Oh, cool. And he'd always just use the, uh, the, the um, instruments issued to him. By the right. army. And so I was really happy that, like, yeah, it was going to be played on. Yeah. But more importantly than even just him playing on it, his check cleared. Oh, that's really, so, yeah. I was happy when the check cleared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it could be a chimpanzee and if their check clears, I don't care who gets my old saxophone. I ain't going to hear it no I more. I kind of cared about this one, but it's true. At some point, it's like when you sell a house, like, there's no point driving by your old house and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe they painted it that color. And oh, the gardens look terrible. There's no point. It's not yours anymore. Give it up. Move on. That's true. Speaking of moving on. But I on, still do yeah. that. <laughs> I still drive by my old house in Buffalo and go, so, oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> Those people, maybe they're listening. They're probably not listening. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. Oh, your old, the people that bought your house in Buffalo? Yeah. That would be very strange. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? So, um, <laughs> two things I would love to talk about today. First, I have a um, a thought. So, I'm reading, and this is like major eye roll. This would be like 1998 and like, Sue, have you heard of this book called The Seven Habits of Highly right, Effective exactly. People? I've heard of it. Right, right. So, but like, saying, wouldn't it be the equivalent in 1998? So, yeah, now in the year yeah, 20, yep. 2023, Sue, have you heard of this book called Atomic Habits? I have, but I haven't read it yet, so Wally. I, I, I've read it before, and then I just read it again. And I got to say, like, listening to it and thinking about it again the second time, a lot of it really clicked in huge ways. Interesting. And interesting. So there's so much good stuff that I'll probably insert into episodes from here into the eternity. I'm, okay. I'm going through it again. But the final chapter was, and he puts it in the last chapter, even though I said it may be the first, you know, most important thing, is tracking a habit. You know, the whole Jerry Seinfeld, uh, don't break the chain. Jerry Seinfeld right. talks about when writing jokes— he makes his job, he makes a chain. Every day he writes yeah. a joke yep. or make sure he does some writing. Yep. And his job then is don't break the chain. Yeah. And so I think practicing. And so I just, um, um, actually the 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 our, our amazing friend that edits these podcasts and he's my right hand at the Second Academy, USM, 
um, we were talking about, he and I were talking about motivation and, and he, like me, has this idea that, you know, oh, I'm so busy, I can't practice. Meaning in our minds, right. practicing is a two-hour chunk or even right. the minimum an hour. Right. And so we're talking about, so right now I've got him playing this um, cool Miles Davis phrase and we're starting to transpose it in different keys. And I thought, how long does it play take to play the, I'm not going to try to sing it, but it's a two-bar Miles Davis phrase that outlines a major arpeggio and then has a cool little chromatic figure. It's two bars. Yeah, I mean, it can't um, be more than 10 seconds, right? Right. And I like, so even to figure it out in a distant key, yeah, 45 seconds. Yeah. And I thought like, Minute what max. if you did that? What if you did that? Five times throughout your day. Right. And then over, you think, well, gosh, then you have it in one key, Wally. But then the next day you did it in one more key. Right. In two, less than two weeks, you would have this very cool Miles Davis phrase, do ba do ba do ba do do ba be ba whatever it is. In 12 keys. In 12 keys that you yeah. then have something to play over long vamps of major, which is funny because we all learn in the jazz world, two five patterns, two five patterns. It's right. like, well, what do I do at the beginning of Bye Bye Blackbird? What do I do at the beginning of There Will Never Be There? There's only two bars of a major chord. Like, what do I do? You know? Right. Actually, the second bar, there's a two five. and It doesn't matter. It but doesn't it, matter. It's, it's, but the point taken is sometimes yeah. the chord is one chord for a bar. Right. It's so like, yeah. yeah. So when we're all learning like these, you know, these patterns and then like, but what do you do when there's like, a, or like, you know, um, I'll remember April. It's just a whole bunch of, of concert G. Yeah. Um, you so, have to have yeah, some like, ideas. Yeah, you can't just ideas. So changes. Like, <laughs> so in less than two weeks, so say like, you know, he's super busy, got a lot of stuff going on, trying yeah. to organize house with with his his partner. Yeah. And she's busy, so she's got a few minutes and they're yeah. planning trips and or her her traveling. He's a homebody. Yeah. And I think in like, you know, like I totally get that feeling. Like I feel like I need a huge chunk of time or yeah. there's nothing to be done. But, yeah. but that 45 seconds, a couple times a day, in 14 days, you could have an incredibly cool Miles Davis lick. And then what would that happen at the end of the year? So 52 weeks, you know what I mean? Like if you do the math, like yeah. you could build in just, and that, and you're never going to do just 45 seconds. Of course not. <laughs> it's like, and James Clare talks about this, is that one of the habits he had uh, was schedule, I will do, you know, one push-up. Or yeah. one of his clients said, I will, I will go to the gym and I will work out for two minutes. Right. And that was the contract. Right. You're never going to just do two minutes. Right. But it's that thing. So I think like maybe just scheduling smaller pockets of time. And I was thinking like tracking that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna issue a challenge. All right. To all to you. Yeah. And everyone Bring else it. out there. A small practice habit. So is there something in your practice that you don't get around to that often, but you know you should, you get busy and you know, like so for me it's it's transcription. Because yeah. my current job, I have just enough vocabulary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> under my belt that I won't embarrass myself in playing situations. Right. I have enough skill set that I spend a lot of time just creating educational content, but my growth is slowing. And that's right. completely unacceptable to me. Right. And so it's the sitting down with tough recordings. Like I'm, I really wanted to do this recording of Lee Konitz um, playing uh, All the Things You Are with Jerry Mulligan. Oh, wow. And it's got this killer solo. It's so cool. Yeah. But it's one of those things where like, it's hard to make myself sit down and do it because I'm just so busy preparing and planning. Sure, and, yeah. And so I'm going to actually start tracking the habit of, I'm going to do two minutes there of transcription. I'm going to set an egg timer. I have That's a visual great. timer. I'm going to set a, or a Pomodoro timer. Is that what you're <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Those little, those little yep. tomato timers. Yep, yep. Two minutes. And you can see it. And then if I want to stop at two minutes, I'm going to stop. But I'm going to force myself to every single day. Well, I practice uh, five days a week. Yeah. I, I take weekends completely off now. Yeah. Because, um, you know, with kids. 
Yeah, for sure. You And your kids are little. I mean, oh. I, I give myself a couple of days off a week. They're not always the weekends. Sometimes I'll practice on the weekends and take another day off. But yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you know, you have to be careful with that. When I was a student, I, I really tried not to do that because it would creep. And it's like, oh, that's three days off. So you you have to be you yeah. have to be disciplined and make sure you don't start saying, well, okay, just one more day off. You well, know? It's, it's like, yeah, if, if you're eating really well and like, I'm just gonna have a splurge day and then you eat a pizza, like a whole pizza by yourself. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. Every pizza is a personal pizza yeah. if you have the right attitude. <laughs> so you eat the pizza. Then the next morning you're like, you know, friends go like, hey, let's go out to breakfast. And you're like, well, I already just had a pizza. What add one more day to my yeah. terrible eating. So I'm gonna have that tall stack of pancakes. Right. Um, you know, and then, and then the next day you go out for wings. Next and thing then, you know, yeah. you're in a diabetic coma. Right. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, it's that little thing. So James Clear, once again, to be a nerd, talking about the book that everybody's, you know, has been reading it's for a couple It's in my queue. Years. I'm going to listen to it's it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Is that it, it never miss more than once. Yeah. Once is that break. Yeah. Once it becomes more than once a day off. So maybe I should... Because it messes okay. up your habit. No, it's right. okay to take weekends off when you have kids because you really have to hang out. Uh, I, have, I have to. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> they okay. didn't want to hear it because they're, well, wa- you, yeah, oh, they're watching yeah. Gravity Falls. Oh, my they God. Don't they don't want to hear Daddy's Overtones. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine so why not. I want you. Yeah. So I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to start a transcription chain where I'm going to force myself. It's not going to be just two minutes, but I'm going to say yeah. I will do at least two minutes every day because a lot of days I end up playing a lot, but it's yeah. not deliberate practice. Uh, yeah. So I'm keeping, I'm making slow progress as yeah. I'm creating new educational materials. Inevitably, I might get slightly better, but I'm going to make that hard to sit down and do transcription two minutes every day. Hopefully not more than two minutes. The thing you have to face down. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm going to create a chain that I do that with every practice session. So I want you to keep me accountable and then ask me how hey. it's going. And listeners, yeah. if you run into me in the street or in the grocery store, don't stop me. Um, <laughs> that's weird. And you should... <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of important. I got a lot of things to do, so oh, I don't have time for selfies. No, I'm totally oh, kidding. You're so goofy. No, I yeah. mean, like, I, they know you better than that. No. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, like, I would love it if, like, if you want to join in with this chat. Think of that one is that one thing that you have a hard time doing in your practice, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just even planning your practice. You ever, you ever just get your horn out and you play, and then an hour goes by and you're like, didn't really get to everything I wanted. No. Oh, really? <laughs> you were so organized. I, I, well, the thing is, I have I have these concerts I have to be ready for, so they always stress me out. Um, when when I don't have concerts, though, then instead of like wasting an hour with non-focused practice, I just don't practice. So that's worse, Wally. <laughs> okay, you're <laughs> no, I'm so motivated by like not wanting to be bad when I when I go on stage and really wanting to bring it in these days. So I'm just scrambling to to make sure I don't waste those little bits of time. Right. So you know if I if I'm like oh, I've only got a half hour, I'm like, okay, stop it. Go practice. And you can get so much done in a half hour if you have to. So when I'm when I'm able to do the practice session I want, I start with my long tones. I start with my my finger exercises and I start with, you know, my vibrato and then I do my scales and then I go to the repertoire I have to do. Oh, and I'm stretching my arms right now, reminding myself that I also like do stretches before I practice and, and in between. That would be a great, that'd be another great stop. habit for, for people. And oh, eventually man. they become habits. Yeah. You don't have to like, you know, think about them, but I would, uh, so if any of our, our listeners have a habit tracking journal for their practice yeah. or a system they love to use, now yeah. I have had former students that do like Excel spreadsheets. 
Um, hey, if that works for you. It didn't, though. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, no. Yeah, no you just write it down on a piece of paper. I think they spent so much time tracking, they weren't spending time noticing, like, oh, are yeah. you getting better? But I think the point about, you know, not wasting these small pocket of, pockets yeah. of time, and also, I mean, you do need to, like, have your wits about you when you're practicing. So if you're totally exhausted, you know, it could be that maybe it's okay to not practice, but I find that if I'm totally exhausted, Take a deep breath. Just play for five minutes. You'd be surprised. Right. You know, how much you can get done, even if you're totally exhausted. And even if you're like, okay, that was a total waste of time because I just sounded terrible because I was so exhausted. You'd be surprised the next day that it might pay off a little bit to at least made that amateur and, you know, right. played the saxophone for a few minutes. If you can get to it every day or almost every day, that's great. Don't take too many days off. But, you know, if I mean, there's some days when I start teaching um, at Duke, um, I have to be there at 9.30 in the morning, and I start teaching shortly after that. And then I have very, very few breaks in between students, and I get home at like 10, 15 at night. I'm not going to practice on Tuesdays. Wait, That's just how my Tuesdays 10, are. 15 p.m.? Yeah. What my the Tuesdays, heck kind of job do you have? It's so stupid because there's this one group that couldn't meet any other time during the week except for 7.45 to 8.45. And so what, I have a One group? There's this one chamber music group, so I stick around for two hours. How many people are in that group? Three. Okay. Are they professionals or students? They're students. Okay. So <laughs> let me give you a lesson from Dr. Kenneth Fisher. Okay. He was uh, an academic through and through and a good man yeah. and a fine music teacher. But yeah. what I learned from him more than anything else was how to get what you want. Yeah. By asking it the right way. So yeah. when he would ask students for their schedules, yeah. some people would give him like, you know, blocked out calendars yeah. with, these are my available lessons time. Right. He would say, no, I didn't ask you when you wanted your lesson. I asked for your class schedule. Yeah. yeah. So I would recommend, and if any of the little dukelets are listening, <laughs> they probably are giving you what they want. Yeah. I, I would actually look, no, no yeah. supposing here. Well, yeah. Give There's, them, yeah. say, what the registrar has sent you, <laughs> give me that. Yeah. And then I will tell you when yeah. we're going to meet. But that's when I get lunch with Susie. <laughs> oh. Well. Oh, yeah, where's my beep button? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> beep. Oh, man. You got a beep button on there someplace, Wally. And I still can't find uh, it. And it. Gonna- Oh, well, we'll figure it out at some point. It's breaking my heart. <laughs> Since, oh, here we go. Well, so you can tell that. Okay, yeah. so this is when I want my lesson time. Well, uh, tough yeah, yeah. you Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you put your calendar <laughs> on the schedule or in the <laughs> you little Okay, I get that point. Well, listen, I'll tell you. So this is my my first year as a, like a full-time status person. So I think I was kind of in the, I'm just going to say yes to everything. No, no, you got to do like prison. (laughs) In prison, you kick someone's ass the first day. Wait, sorry. You kick someone's ass the first day. Well, I'm just too nice. But anyway, I will be better in the future, but I do have a long, but anyway, so there's one day, (laughs) Wally, there's one day in the week where I just can't practice because, and I'm teaching all day and it's hard to practice when you're in like teaching all day mode anyway, because your brain's sort of in a different place. Yeah, basically. But I try, I I practice every other day, except for I do take um, usually another day off on the weekend just to give myself. All right. And give my dog a break. Have you ever, <laughs> now I, you have, sh- you've shared with us before the listeners and, and yeah. me, like you have your folder with your music you need to practice for your ensembles and yeah. stuff like that. Have you ever done like a true like practice tracker app or not an app, but like a, a notebook or like 
Like this is what I practiced this day. And, and this like is timed I- it and like noted no. your tempos. No, never. Yeah. Think how good you could have been. I know, adventure. right? Well, I did a little bit of that. No, never anything formal like that. People, had you yeah. done that, people yeah. were like, Claude DeLong, so who? Better. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a great idea. And you see the progress too. Right. Yeah. I also like the idea, and I've done this at some times. I love looking back at like, man, I really like um, the way I'm sounding. And I'll look back and like, you know what? I was spending a lot more time working on X, Y, or Z yeah. these past several months. I think that, you know, what's measured gets managed and having that data is great. Yeah. So having a habit of tracking, I'm going to start actually doing that. And I want the listeners to hold me accountable. So show up at my house unannounced. My address is 42. (laughs) You know, I've started doing a little bit of transcribing just once a week. Once a week? Yeah. And here's the reason. Um, So I have a student who's working well. He's supposed to be working on transcribing blue blues uh, blue, blue walk, walk blues walk, walk uh, blues walk Lou Donaldson, and <clears throat> so what happens is the day before his lesson, I sit down and transcribe, and his assignment is to transcribe one or two measures in a week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, which is not much, right? Yeah. I mean, and so I sit there the day before his lesson, and I transcribe one or two bars so that I'm ready, and then I go to his lesson. And 99% of the time, he has not done it. But I've done it, and I won't show him mine because I'm like, no, you can't see mine. You've got to do it. And then the next week, I do another bar or two the day before his lesson, and he still hasn't done the first two bars, but I'm four bars in, so so I'm ahead of him. You're taking the Peggy Hill approach. What's the Peggy Hill approach? Peggy Hill was a substitute Spanish teacher, and and she didn't know Spanish, but she said, you just have to stay one step step ahead of the students. students. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. But it's it's pretty easy if he doesn't do the work. You know, when when you've got this (laughs) full- Is he listening? (laughs) Describing your chamber group that keeps you there till 10 at night, and this student- um, I was really jealous when you got this full-time gig at, at Duke. <laughs> You're not feeling so jealous anymore. <laughs> no. My biggest problem during my work day is loneliness because I work oh, at home in front of my yeah, computer. But yeah. I got this volleyball and I painted a face on it. <laughs> and we're having a- Okay, a, Tom. <laughs> we're having a ball. We're having a blast. Wilson. Well, actually, I named mine Spalding. Spalding. <laughs> yeah. And he's a little bit better than, than frankly. Yeah. Okay, so- Yeah, but I- Yeah, and having a routine for your practice, for me, that's been really important. When I sit down with my saxophone, I don't have to think, let's see, what do I do for a warm-up? Hmm, what, how do I do my scales? I like, I do my warm-up, I do my scales. Maybe there's a better warm-up. Maybe there's a better scale routine, but I have the one I Not use. Not than mine. And the, the reason mine works is because I do it. It's like having a gym membership. I, I'm actually going. I mean, <laughs> I'm doing it. And right. then I, I go through, you know, all of my music that I've got you know, kind of on deck. Now, Inara Zanman, my my friend who's a pianist, has taught me to keep track of the places and the pieces where you need to focus and where you need to practice. And she keeps a log where she writes down the- Where you're numbers. messing up? Uh, no, where she has to practice because she doesn't play the whole piece from <laughs> top left to bottom right. I find personally, sometimes it's useful to me to play my music from top left to bottom right to play through it and get endurance and, and and also to experience the shape of the piece. But if I don't have time to do that, then I go, I've got little X's in the margins that show me the spots. Okay, go practice that, go practice right. that, go practice that. And as I get so, like, I master them, I erase the X. Right. You know, because I don't want that there when I'm on stage. Look out, here comes the hard part that yeah, you can't play. <laughs> I do the same thing uh, when I'm working on improvising. A great example of this, and Kenny Warner, the pianist and teacher of Effortless Mastery, talks about this, that... 
uh, on the bridge to all the all the things you are has like a bunch of really comfortable key centers. And the back half of the bridge, I believe it's the back half of the bridge, there's a two five to concert F sharp. No, oh. concert E, concert E. Okay. So I always think of like, yeah, sharp, yeah. I believe it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of my time yeah. not yeah, yeah, playing yeah. jazz standards. Right. Uh, anyway, so it's it's a two five in a, in a distant key. Yeah. And we play through it and then we get there like, mm, that wasn't great. Well, I'll just go back to the top because the because the backing track's still rolling around. Yeah, right. And then you, <laughs> then you play that comfortable language yeah. and you get to the, that back half of that bridge and you're like, yeah. Oh, I think I hit that F natural, which is the third. Okay, yeah, that was okay. Ugh, okay. Yeah, and I'll and just do just, the beginning where it's easy. Yeah, yeah, you so, don't need to practice the easy parts that no. much. So, like, so yeah. So, do focus on the stuff. But, yeah. like, like yeah. and, and Nara would say, you know, plan out on this day, this is what you start with. And yeah. then once that's maybe acceptable, then go back and play the whole fun thing. If you want. Yeah. Which is why, yeah. yeah, that was kind of the biggest uh, issue with, with Abersold's, Jamie Abersold playing longs. Which and kudos to him for doing oh his gosh, best right? to, to create something when there was there was nothing, almost virtually nothing, nothing, right? Almost nothing. And so huge props to him. But the same thing, you put on those tapes or those CDs, or I think yep. there was actually vinyl records at one point. Yep, there sure were. And I you, have some. And you and you and like and the track just keeps going, and then you're done. Yeah. I will say, iReal Pro, um, the backing track sounds like the nerdiest robots you've ever heard. Like the swing drums just sound ridiculous. They're MIDI. <laughs> But you can loop four bars. Yeah. And so then I would actually write, all right, the bridge to this, or the um, the, the second half of um, having my students do Bye Bye Blackbird right yeah. now. There's this part with these descending uh, dominant chords. Loop those before you go to the big old comfortable concert F section. Yeah, and for so, real. Yeah, yeah. planning it. Now I'm and then, start- you know, start, start for a while, like, like playing on one chord, then playing on the next chord, and playing on the next chord, right. maybe without the backing track sometimes, and then see if you can do it in time. I want to start recording the time that I'm actually doing it. I find myself getting, and this is maybe a very uniquely Wally problem, but like I test a lot of equipment. And so yeah. I have this major first world problem. People keep sending me saxophone equipment, you know. To test out. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Boo-hoo, or or yeah. to review. And so like, you know, five years ago, I'm like, oh my God, a free mouthpiece. And now it's like, oh boy. Okay. An hour of my life, right, I'll so never I'm, get back. Right, so, <laughs> so I'm supposed to be, so like, for instance, um, Jack Finuchin at the Boston Sax Shop. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you, could you pick up that name I just dropped? Yeah. <laughs> he, he just shipped me his um, beautiful uh, M-series mouthpiece. It's a $500 oh. mouthpiece. Oh, wow. Gorgeous. Okay. Plays beautifully. And of course, it's I don't just put on a mouthpiece, slap on my reed, and play. I have to find the right reed for it. And then, so he was also kind enough to let me try a couple of tip openings to see which one. You know, I, yeah. I, I sent, I kept one, just full disclosure, but I sent, I sent the others back. Yeah. as Because I'm not a psychopath. Right. Um, and I don't sell them. I keep them from comparison. Right. Some reviewers end up selling the stuff, Ooh, which I think is very, frankly, so they unethical. Get it for free they and say, then they sell say it? this oh. is not a paid endorsement, but at the same time, if you're going to be selling it, you're making money, which means it starts it's, to get real gray area. Yeah, a little fast. gray area conflict of interest. Right. There, yeah. then, then if you're trashing mouthpieces or you're being like critical, then are other people going to send you mouthpieces? And right. if your goal is to sell them, then right. so I think it's highly unethical. Yeah. But that's just me. Am that's I am I a saint? Am I a hero? I don't know. That's a big word. But <laughs> if it fits, so, no. <laughs> so anyway, so it says this. Yeah. And so I've got a lot of practicing I need to do. Yeah. But the next thing, I'm goofing with equipment because I don't just slap on a read. i got to make sure I find the right read strength. And I think, like, right. are this is pretty good. But what if I tried the right. seven facing with the slightly thinner read? And right. then two hours goes by. I'm like, yeah, I just played for a time. I got nothing done. Yeah. But I played for two hours. So I know right. that's not harmful. And I had fun-ish. Um, yeah. But I know well, that- it's but, useful but information I, that you're putting out there, you know. Is it? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's fun for yeah. me. Okay. So uh, some people describe it as, as sacks of 
meaning it's just like gratuitous. Yeah. 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 I didn't need to bleep that. It's not a bad word, but I just found that button. So I'm, yeah, now you're excited about that button. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. So what did you name your dog, by the way? My d- <laughs> I'll grow up. I'll grow up. Jeez. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I doubt no, I'm just, okay. <laughs> But here's what I'm saying. If our if our oh, tracking and yeah, getting data, yeah. then I would look back and say like, all right, how many minutes did I spend on transcribing Lee Konitz? None, because I was fussing right. with my read, yeah. finding the pairing, the read facing. Right. That would be useful for you to go back and see how much time you spent Right, because even that, though I spent yeah. two hours playing and, and finding read yeah. strengths that match facings, I didn't spend any time actually practicing. Right. But what's so strange is I sat down to practice, but then it's... it's this is the classic scene from Malcolm in the Middle where Brian Cranston mm. goes to change a light bulb and three hours later, he's underneath the car changing the oil and his <laughs> wife comes home like, what are you doing? I told you to change like, I am. But it was this chain of events where he noticed <laughs> yeah. things as he was going to. Well, how about the times you go, you go, you're going to send an email to somebody because you just realized, uh-huh. oh wait, I got sent. And then you go to your inbox, oh my gosh. And you send that email, but you see five other messages and then you either answer those first and then remember that you were supposed to send that email, which is the reason you sat down or sat down or you send that email and you get, uh, then an hour of your life is I gone. I feel uh, so called out right now. I, same. I think we're all in the same boat with that now. I mean, I, I love email because it's so easy to get so much stuff done. But then I say that and I'm wondering, yeah, but how much did I get done? I got started or I made a step along the way. Right. And I have started trying more recently with some people because some people actually answer their phones. Um, with the people who will answer a phone and just calling them and working out a schedule thing, it's like, it saves me like five emails. If I, I can know, get the person just, on the phone and just, oh goodness. Yeah. But, but mille- anyway, millennials, not, it's, yep. it's like a, it's like a terroristic threat to yeah. call them like, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But like people in my generation, you can still sometimes call us and some of us will even have the ringer on and answer. I have sometimes. So <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we got a question from. Oh, so, um, so I do want to throw this yeah. challenge out to everyone. Start tracking your practice, yeah. and maybe pick a habit within your practice. We can start not breaking the and chain. Find an easy way to track it, so you're not spending ten minutes well, recording want, it. And yeah, I want the listeners to tell me what have they found an app or a journal or a notebook, yeah. and do not email me with your Excel spreadsheets. No, because. Ain't, ain't nobody got time for that, right, Larry? All right, question from Jacques. <laughs> Yuck. Avoiding injury. How to pre- oh, So he's like, would you please talk about how to prevent injury to the joints, thumbs, fingers, wrists, and looking after your hearing, wearing headphones, oh, earplugs, geez, yes or no, yeah. warm-up exercises before playing, question mark? So Jacques, this is an excellent question. Yeah. So, um, and we- it, the older you get, the more it matters, but you should start these habits young. I wish I'd started them younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I feel very lucky that I've always uh, had a very healthy relationship with practicing. Yeah. So I knock on wood. Oh, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid dog. Hi, Moxie, Moxie. That's just me. Okay. So <laughs> Somebody's knock, at the door. <laughs> right. But I also think I had teachers that would correct anything before it got out of hand. Yeah. You, good posture, good hand position. That's, speaking that's of, key. Speaking of good uh, hand position. Yeah. So I, I noticed one of the major points of stress people tend to have is their right thumb. Right. And because they're trying to support the saxophone. Right. So Use I think- Use the Even, <laughs> but even with a- Brilliant. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the saxophone podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be surprised how yeah. many people are, they have the neck strap on, but they're pushing up they're, with that they're Right, thumb. so they're not using- It's like, you know the saxophone- oh, <laughs> you, you actually said it correctly. Use the neck strap. You didn't say buy a neck strap. You said- <laughs> 
<laughs> use it. So use even it. If, now, what's interesting? So even it's if not it's just hanging, for looks. <laughs> even if it's hanging around your neck and clipped to your saxophone, that doesn't mean you're using it. Right. The weight of the saxophone should be on the neck, strap, neck strap or yeah. your exoskeleton harness. Yeah. Okay, I have a slight confession. Okay. So um, one of my students I met with out at Get a Sax. Yeah. Um, he was buying a tenor, and so I, I we scheduled a time so I could meet him out there, and I was also picking out a new Mark VI, as, cool. well, as one does. Yeah. And um, and so I was gonna. He wanted me to play it to see, you know, what I thought of it. And so I was like, I didn't bring an excerpt, so he handed me his ja- exoskeleton Jazz thing. Labs yep. Yep. sax holder exoskeleton uh, Ripley Dorkanot yeah. set. <laughs> I put it on, put the tenor on, and I was going like, all right, all right, this feels, feels pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and then I caught my reflection in uh, in in a reflective in in yeah. the in the metal plating that was nearby, and yeah. I was like, "Nope, took it right up." No, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. It actually, it actually. So whatever you're using, make sure the the weight is on that. Yeah. And then a lot exactly. of people, unfortunately, try to stabilize the instrument by using the thumb hook. Yeah. But really, unless you're doing like the the um, the the guy with the suspenders, the sexy sax man, where you're playing yeah. it above your head, it shouldn't be a hook. Because the hook implies that you're lifting up. You're really just pushing out. Right. Or I, I mean, just you're like I rest. Yeah, so for me, yeah. my my it's horn just a is a place to put your thumb. My E yeah. flat or I think it's the E flat um key rest is kind of touching my hip. Right. What is that key rest? Right, that little guard thing. That little guard. Yeah. Like yeah. we're professionals. I know, right? What, what's the key on the back of the set? Yeah. <laughs> and then so then I had a teacher um, who studied with- I look at it when I'm playing so, at Wally. <laughs> yeah, I know. My friend uh, and mentor, Michael Hester, told me that when he was sitting with Lawn Dex, he was very um, sure that the students knew what were the contact points, top teeth and left thumb are the stabilization points. The top teeth keep it from moving so much uh, vertically. The, yeah. the left thumb keeps it from moving so much laterally. And that's the stabilization points and the weight on your neck strap. But a lot of people, I think one of the biggest things I've seen injuries is- People lifting up. Yeah, on you don't the want to lift up. I mean, you could put a little pressure away from you, but but not, but not lifting, that up. lifting. Not lifting not up. That lifting. No, because you can do this all day. You yeah. Can push forward. Would you, a little would you bit. hand me the thing right? Yeah. Right there. Okay. Yeah. So um, what but I have. So uh, my friend Rulon Brown, he's got a new line of products. So he made key leaves, and he's yeah. rebranded some new products, and they're just called Rulon Brown. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah. It's also the brand name. So this is. Yeah. It's a tear shopped. Tear-shaped. Tear-shaped, yep. yep. maybe about two inches long. Yeah. Just Pretty big, wide put thing. Put it in there and you just push your, looks like it's a, just a rest for your yeah, thumb so to it's push like a giant. It looks like a giant brass guitar pick. It does. And it's a flat plate. And so what he's designed there, and I have not used it yet, full disclosure, but uh, is you replace your thumb hook with this resting plate to keep it because you can't away lift from, off. You can't lift and so off then you're, it. you're, you're, you're Thumb does what it's supposed to do, right. which is basically just rest and have some counter pressure to the fingers on your right hand. Yeah. So they can, because, you know, opposable grip, you need something to oppose. And that's yeah. your thumb. Yeah. That's that's what we got on gorillas. Well, there is also, there's a, a little bit of an issue that's a little different when you play a straight soprano. Mm-hmm. That right thumb is a little bit different, but it's not as different as you would think. So you have to be careful also not... It's a, it is a little uh, different because of the angle of the instrument. And you have to be super careful about not having your elbow flying out when you're playing soprano. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that when you're playing alto either. The elbows should be pretty close to your waist, just down down here. Just keep right. them. Comf- don't these these flopping Oops. or the yeah. Sue is now making a chicken motion <laughs> with her elbows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I see that a lot, and I see tension in hands and really flat fingers or bent back joints and things like that yeah. on your fingers. So just just keep all that like piano fingers. Like piano finger, yeah. Cup. And so like with pianists, it's 
and we as saxophonists need to do this. So in the um, in the piano world, it's the counterweight to the hammer that that makes it rise yeah, back. You're yeah. not lifting the key back. Right. You let you release. Right. And so you want the release to be a relaxation of the muscle. So you press the key in the handle hammer, dong, and you right. release. The key returns. You right. don't lift that key. No. And you should just relax that muscle, not so much engage. You know, like a, a, a extraneous. Reverse, there's a word. <laughs> I don't know Muscle go other way. <laughs> and the saxophone, one of the things that really changed the way I view it, or I've had a couple of successes with students thinking that you're not you're not lifting the finger, relaxing the finger. You press, relax, press, relax. Right. And the spring tension, if your finger is completely relaxed and your spring tension is quasi-adequate, right. it, it'll naturally return your finger to the resting position. So I yeah. think of squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax, yep. rather than lifting. Because then, as like you said, when people lift, they're engaging way more muscle and motion to lift off. And, and so we do a lot of slapping down of keys too, because mm-hmm. you don't keep the fingers. So those finger exercises that I do every single day when I warm up are so that when I play, my fingers are for the most part, it's not perfect. If you look at videos, I mean my fingers come let's off. Let's all the keys go, sometimes. let's all go, let's there all go, go to watch Sue's yeah. videos and critique uh-huh. her hand. Yeah, fingers. yeah. But by and large, you know, my fingers are right there on the keys. And that so that's gonna save a lot of injury because you're not flopping your fingers all over the place but i think good good hand position and good posture um will go a long ways to avoiding um any kind of injury but also you have to you have to stretch out these muscles in your arm and in your fingers before you play do you you have set stretches you do i I do that where i keep my hands i think you call it flexed and i just put my hands out to the side and and i call it flexed or just people call it flexed i don't know and then (laughs) but any you can just make them up you can look online if you need some um jan berry has a lot of really great finger stretches but just jan berry baker yeah jan berry baker jan berry baker we're friends on on social medias That's She's awesome. at the Herb Albert School out in, I think, L.A.? L.A., yep. I'm very jealous of I her know. surroundings. But stretch out those those finger muscles because the more we do this fine motor mm-hmm. motion, those muscles tend to, like, kind of shrink or get smaller or tighten up. So just right. stretch them out. And so I stretch before I play, and I stretch in between my finger exercises on my scales, and I stretch between scales if I'm doing a lot of scales and before I, I play my rep. You know, the thing I was stretching out the muscles. So, like, I, I may have a slight issue with a plantar fasciitis. Oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. got to stretch, man. Well, I, I, you lengthen or, like, kind of, you know, you put a, a, a spiky hard ball in the center of your foot. Yep. Other people use, like, frozen water bottles. Yep. And it stretches out that, I mean, like, fashion tend tendons and some physician is screaming at their speakers right now they're like, like oh my god not what it, it is, is wally it's I, I don't think it's maybe there's some muscle in there too i don't your know foot, right right so you stretch it out yeah, so it takes the, the pressure yeah. off the connective point because yeah. my understanding the plantar fasciitis it's when your plantar has fascia <laughs> I, i'm, I'm sure that's what now. it is why else yeah, yeah. would it be called that wally yeah yeah so <laughs> i wonder if like it'd be really interesting thing, like could we like get a foam roller for our our, our wrists we should design one and then market yeah. it and then sell it and then retire. And sit up straight. Don't hunch over and hurt your Quit back. Quit calling me out. <laughs> oh, you meant in general. Okay. So, yeah, so I, mean, I actually saw a video of Hilary Hahn, my favorite musician on yeah, the planet. She's yeah. a world-class violin soloist. Amazing. And she put out um, her, her Instagram, I think it's called Violin Case, um, of her like stretching and routine. And it looked really nice. I think I might copy yeah. that. Yeah. But if you have a stretching routine, let us know. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm like seriously. Email me if you habit tracking and stretching routines, and then we need to. I'm surrounded by doctors like all yeah. day, well, so I need to. We need to talk. I guess to, that's good. 
If you ever get sick, that's good. Well, when I have to keep the power on, it's very good that I'm married to one. But because <laughs> I'm a saxophone too. Right, I right. got it. But no, I mean like, but between her colleagues and a lot of my private students are like a, b- a bizarre number of physicians. Like I that's could staff cool. a hospital yeah. with my students. Okay. Not that you'd want to, because <laughs> they're all a little crazy if I'm honest. Well, they're all going to have ideas. Right. But I, I wonder if like, yeah, we should get like a good osteopath in here and like get them to like design a routine. Yeah. Because I've seen some saxophone teachers in like channels use like yoga teachers. And, you know, I don't want someone to tell me to put my 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 heart to the earth. I want to, <laughs> I want someone to tell me to like stretch this muscle by moving towards the floor. Yeah. You know. So Alexander technique, look, in, look into that if you're having some trouble. You didn't care for that? But no. I, I think it's good for posture. I, I think it's good for I do. posture. I, I only, to get you to in full disclosure, straight. I had yeah. two Alexander lessons and I was kind of like, I do not know where we're going with this, but it yeah. did not connect with me. So we had a brass master class a few weeks ago um, with the brass faculty at Duke for the students there and open to the public. And Rachel Nikitopoulos does a lot of Alexander technique. And she really worked um, with the, the brass students on how they were standing, how they were sitting, how they were breathing and their posture. And it really made a huge difference for them. So in that respect, I don't know a lot about it because I don't, I don't do a lot with it. But one thing that um, a friend of mine um, back in Buffalo um, helped me out was playing the soprano. I was starting to have some, do you know when you get those little like zing, they almost feel like little like zaps of electricity or something. Right, at my age, at my age, when I get those, I call those Jesus taking me home feelings. Because <laughs> I'm know, like, so well, I had a good run. This so, is it. And there was something about the way I was holding the soprano that was creating this tension. And and then so it was it was causing some, some trouble in um, my elbows starting to hurt. And um, my friend said, well, let me see you play. And then she just came over and like moved my elbow like this mm. and took this one and moved it like closer to my body and said, how's that feel? I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like no tension at yeah. all. The yeah. biggest problem, I think the biggest issue with injuries with saxophone is chicken wing, chicken wing, yeah, hot dog and bologna. What's the hot dog Chicken and, and macaroni, <laughs> chilling with my homies. Now, I don't know what that means, but my son and his friends sing it whilst oh, playing Fortnite. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. No. But no, the it's the- things chi- I learn in these podcasts with uh, you, Wally. I know. <laughs> my kid is By so the way, old now so in college. One of my crowning, crowning moments playing Fortnite, this very popular video game. Yeah. My son and I were playing duos and we won a victory battle royale. We came in Ooh. first place. And Ooh. I was like- Congratulations. Mm. I was like, so all the things that my done in life, my son's like, I don't care. But we won, helped them win a victory royale, and I might have gotten a couple Coolest more, more, more kills in the eliminations, as they call them at the end. Yeah. And then I think he looked at me like, yeah, my dad's all right. My dad's all right. Yeah. So anyway, but it's the chicken wing. It's the raising out the arms naturally, or the shoulder Yeah, just raising. feel that. Raise your shoulder and mm-hmm. just hold it there for like even 30 seconds. You're like, oh, that's tension. That's good. And it engages so many muscles that don't need to come into play. And imagine doing that like 30 minutes a day. Right. Even or more. So if you just, you know, don't allow yourself these chronic habits that, that hurt your body, that will help. I know easier said than done. But, no, it's really yeah. not. It's really, okay. it's just an, it's an awareness. How hard is it to- To, to, to notice. To, to relax your shoulders. It's yeah. not hard. It's not hard. It's just unfamiliar. But let's say it like this then, Wally. Like if you're playing and you're like, oh God, I'm uncomfortable here. Well then stop and see if you can figure out some way. So right. these finger exercises that I've talked about in the past that, that I do- That you need to monetize. <laughs> that I need to monetize. Yeah. Um, when I started doing them, I was like, oh, I can't use the can't word. I can't lift my ring finger without also lifting my pinky. And I thought, well, it was impossible. And somebody said, well, those are connected by a tendon. So, you know, 
you know, you probably won't be able to do that. But I found after a while that if I held everything in a certain position, I could, in fact, lift my ring finger without. So you're saying if, if it's not goes, moving, force it. No. Is what you're, assume <laughs> I hearing you right? I, I tell my students, if you can't move that, the ring finger without moving the pinky right. and causing stress, then, then go ahead and let, let them flop together. Right. But if you can find a position where you can move your, your ring finger without creating tension, without moving your pinky, then find that. Right. And I could find it where at first I was, I, I was sure it was not possible. But I could eventually find a way to move that ring finger without causing tension. Interesting. But okay. it took me a while to find it. And if you can't find it, better not to play with tension. I'm not telling you to play with tension, right. but find a way to play. And if you can't play with that tension, go sell insurance. And we need people to do that too. Yeah. No, I'm just And that's just, all I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, when people have uh, injuries, I know they're like, but I just have to keep practicing. No. You don't have to keep no, practicing. No, if, if your jaw hurts, oh my gosh, stop. Stop. Practicing yeah. and then think about what you're doing and um and, and don't well our listeners maybe are not able to practice five hours a day. There are people in college who are studying saxophone performance and they will practice four, five, six, seven hours a day. Uh be very careful. Maybe when you're really young, maybe yeah. you can get away with it. Personally, I don't think it's worth it because, well, there's too many other things that are interesting to do. I don't want to practice that much. I'm not sure how much that gains you, but hey. They're maybe going to be better players than I am, so more t power to them. But don't hurt yourself because if you hurt yourself, then you're not going to be able to play at all for a while. You're going to have yeah. to take a break. And I don't know. That's just my two cents. Do I was not one to over-practice. <laughs> think how good you could have been. Had you tracked your practice. If only I tracked only, my practice and like, practiced eight hours a day. They'd be like, Branford, who? Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, right. it's all Sue Fancher. Right. No, no. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Branford, he's coming yeah. to Greensboro, playing with the Greensboro Symphony. Yeah, in May. In May. Yep. He's playing a lot of stuff. He's playing the Glazunov Concerto and Mio Scaramouche with the orchestra. And he's doing a quintet by Adolf Busch on the chamber music concert, like the day after, no, wait, oh, okay. the day before. Is he playing and the- And he's playing the Ellen, the, uh, uh, how do you say her last name? Twillet? Do you, do you smell toast? Uh, Are you uh, okay? Oh, Do I need to find a new co-host? Ellen Taffet-Twillich. Yes, Twilich. thank yeah, you. Yeah, However, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry, Ellen, if you're out there. But he's playing that quintet also. Okay, cool. So he's playing four pieces. So he's not the doing chamber. the Bach violin duo. Is that going to no. be violinists? No, I think they're actually going to use violinists for that. How inside the box is that? I don't know. For a minute, it's I thought- probably because the conductor the, 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 the concert is titled Saxophone and Brahms. So looking at the program, there was Bach first, and it was two violinists. like, oh, he's going to do that with Sue Fancher. Wouldn't that be great? I it wish we would. would. Yeah. Should uh, I ask him? So Dima Sitkovetsky, is he yeah. still the conductor? Yeah, I don't know who he thinks he is. Dima. Yeah. You drop the ball. Yeah, it could be two saxophones on there. It still could. It's not too late. It's not till May. I'm free that day. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've got a prior engagement. I know you do. <laughs> That's a lie. I just don't want to, I don't want to feel sad. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, to hit the last part of Jacques' questions about earplugs, headphones. Do you use earplugs in your practice? Uh, I don't. I like to use earplugs when I'm sitting in a big band because brass players are a bunch that I don't want to sit in front. I'm going to quit using that button so now. So the other day I was teaching a lesson and we were working on Altissimo and I did not use earplugs. I most certainly should have. They should live in my teaching bag and another pair in my purse. Last time I went to play with 
the North Carolina Symphony sitting right in front of the trumpets. They are awesome, but they are loud, loud. and they are on a riser with the bell about a foot ear. from my ear. Right. Did I remember my earplugs? No. Were my ears ringing the whole way driving home? Yes. Oh, this that's is really bad. No, it's bad. No. Oh, so I'm sorry. Like, no, I joke bad. a lot, but like that is. No, um, you have to use earplugs when you're in those kind of loud situations. Very so. Apparently, one of the um, one of the very scary um, side effects of long COVID that some people experienced was uh, tinnitus. Or yeah. Tinnitus. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the. I don't want to go just too sad. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's please protect your hearing. Yeah. So I will say when I'm practicing by myself. If I'm in an acoustically okay place, yeah. I don't use earplugs. Right. Now, when I was redoing my studio for the hundredth time, because I'm never happy with the way right. it is, um, I had moved everything out and it was an empty room. Oh, and there really was lies. a reflection and like, I think it's called a standing wave. I don't know. Acousticians bore me. But a friend of mine that owns a recording studio was trying to like, he was doing that thing, walking around and clapping. Oh, so, yeah. well, you got to fix this because there's, but I will say when I was standing yeah. at a certain point, uh, my ears were fatigued. And then I got a minute, like a second of like my ears were starting to ring. I was like, nope. Nope, 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 yeah. nope. Um, packed yeah. up, stopped, brought in the carpet, brought in the chairs, okay. brought in like diffusion. Um, so Jacques, I will say like, if you're playing with other people that are loud, put in earphones. And there's some really affordable oh, yeah. musician options I for earphones. I always worry about the pitch, but exactly what you're saying. There are lots of earplugs, earphones, things right. like that you can use that don't distort the pitch. Right, yeah. They just take the edge off. And they don't block all <laughs> sound. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like daddy's little pills. They just take, just take the <laughs> yeah, edge off, shock. Yeah. So, but I will say in playing in ensembles when there's oh, brass players behind yeah. you, uh, I think ear earplugs, yeah. musician earplugs, which- it, are, it doesn't matter how good they are. I mean, these guys are like world-class players. Loud. But it, it's loud. It's a trumpet for crying out loud. And they're playing big band stuff. So yeah. they're supposed to be loud. Yeah. And you hear their flip-flops and their cargo shorts back there. And you're just like, <laughs> I know they're trumpet players. <laughs> Emptying their so spit valves. <laughs> 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 I don't like ensemble playing. Too close to the brass players. You know or sometimes mean? you're in front of the drummer. Okay. And then and you always hear them, hear them like, close your mouth when you're chewing paste, Jared. <laughs> you know, drummer. Oh, you're, you're just not I nice today, Wally. I'm feeling a little grumpy. <laughs> oh, you are grumpy today. <laughs> and look, it's a beautiful day out there. It's sunny and it, 80 degrees here. The in, world is dying. In North Carolina. And meanwhile, yeah. there's a terrible blizzard up in the Midwest and, you know, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Well, I, I, to those listeners, well, I'm not going to say anything because they don't have power. Okay. <laughs> So, Jacques, I hope that answers your uh, questions. Uh, it's a like, great question. Like yeah. my wife, the physician, would tell me when it hurts, stop doing it. Yeah. Take and then, then the other, the best, the medical advice I get most often from Erica, my wife, is I'm having an issue and I'll yeah. say like, this hurts, that hurts. And she's still looking at me. She's like, Wally, you know where the Advil is. Right. And I think, so glad I married a physician. <laughs> It's so helpful. Yeah. 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 It doesn't sound that different from being married to a non musician. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. No, I will say oh, anti -inflamm inflammatories as a prophylactic. Yeah. I know, oh, let me be careful. Um, obviously, we're not physicians. Right. I'm, no, God, I'm, no. We're barely musical doctors. We have doctorates, but we yeah. can't help you. Right. <laughs> it's not so, that kind of So, but I will say <laughs> with millions of grains of salt, uh, anti-inflammatories aren't just to relieve the pain. They right. are to reduce inflammation, which can help the healing right. process, process to my understanding. That's what I understand. But again, I just made a video with a puppet. So don't take my medical <laughs> advice. <laughs> Maybe try not to hurt yourself yeah. to begin with. I really think, you know, possible. yeah, I will say we, we do need to develop good, um, I don't know, physical therapists um, or some good physicians. And, you know, it's hard with our family doctors because they are, bless their hearts, so... How Southern could I be? Bless their hearts. They're busy. Like, right. They're like, are you dying? 
No. Okay, okay go away. See you in a year. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's not that they're lazy or they don't care. No. It's just they're so overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, family care. So my wife transitioned out of family medicine because it was it's just un- untenable. It was completely yeah. unsustainable as a yeah. lifestyle and as a job. So my heart goes out. So maybe we need to, if you're having training like that, your family doctor may not, it's not that they don't have the expertise or the skills no, they or the know. intelligence. Yeah. They just, it may not be part of that that visit. So, right. you know, good acupuncturist. Yeah. Would a sports doctor be a good person to go to? Sports medicine? Yeah, if you're having trouble. They, depending on the one. Um, yeah. Some sports medicine doctors... <laughs> friends of mine. Okay. Two, two, one of my closest friends is sports medicine and be like, does it hurt? Okay, here's your cortisone injection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the sports medicine could be a fantastic place to do that. Well, yeah. stand in front of a mirror and look at your posture and then just listen to your body and just think, okay, where is it hurting? Okay, it hurts there. What's making it hurt there? See, you can, I think you're smarter than you think you are and you can self-diagnose a lot of these things. Yeah, don't use WebMD because it, it's like the answer is <laughs> cancer. <laughs> right, like my, my shoulder hurts. Two clicks later, you cancer. have cancer. Yeah, yeah. They, should, they should, in the words of uh, comedian Chris oh, Hardwick, dear. they should rename WebMD to enjoyyourcancer.com. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so oh, don't no. don't go to WebMD. You just, oh. especially for those of us that are a little bit anxious and hypochondriacs. Yeah. It's just, it's just it's gonna push your buttons, man. It just pushes your, yeah. 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 Oh, hey, man. so I hope that answers your questions. I have one more very quick. No, actually, we'll save it for next time. Okay. So, so uh, Hong Lee uh, has a question about. So we're going to think about this for next yeah, time. Okay. When is it time to retire a read from your rotation? Oh, I love this question. Dead? It's such a great question. So, I have a quick story. Do I have time to tell a really quick story? Oh, for Pete's sake. Oh, okay. God. So I was playing Barry Sachs the other day with my student quartet at Duke. And I was like- Those ones that keep you there till 10 o'clock at night? No, no. It's not ones. my sax players. It's the flute players who keep me there mm-hmm. till 10 o'clock at night. It's a long story. All right, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to play, you know, some low notes on the berry. And I'm like, I just got this berry worked on. It should be working. I can't get the low notes. I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll try a new read. So I put on a new read. The horn is fine. The low notes are great. So yeah, there is a point when you have to retire a read. We'll talk more about that. All right. So Hong Lee, <laughs> we'll get to your question next time. And also Jim. Great question. Jim, a uh, question on uh, sight reading. Ah. Did we get that last time? We talked a little bit about sight reading and how most of us don't spend a whole lot of time sight reading anymore, but it is a good skill. Okay. No, we did talk about that. Oh, we did hit that question, but then uh, we're also going to hit Maximilian's question. Okay. Uh, I'm going to completely spring that question on you next time. It's a a perennial topic. All right. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) I hope you're having a fantastic week. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, And go go practice. practice.